Hello, I'm Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, and welcome to my Built to Thrive podcast. And all this week, we're looking at the secrets of a good night's sleep. And today, I want to talk about the role that darkness and lights play in helping us during the day and at night. In the blink of an evolutionary eye, we've altered our sleeping patterns in a really fundamental way. For millennia, our forefathers lived in tune with the natural cycle of light and dark. But since the advent of electricity, we stopped. We no longer work with our body clock. We're exposed to artificial light at night that shifts our circadian rhythms later than they should be. But we still need to go to work in the morning. So we set an alarm clock even though our biological clock is saying that we should still be asleep. The truth is that our modern lives are unnaturally keeping most of us awake late into the evenings. You see, darkness triggers a hormone called melatonin, but our mobile phones, our TVs, our computers all emit something called blue light. And in nature, we only see blue light in the mornings or sometimes into the early afternoons. So these devices are tricking our bodies into thinking that it's the start of the day and signaling to our brain that it's not bedtime. You see, when that blue light hits the back of our retinas, it signals to the pineal glands to hold off on releasing melatonin, which in turn makes it harder for us to fall asleep. So the best advice I can give you, and I know this is really, really hard, it's to avoid blue light completely for an hour, if you can, an hour and a half before bed. If you can't manage that, if that feels like too much, even 30 minutes will make a difference. Now, there's loads of things you can do. You know, a few years ago, I installed an app on my computer called Eflux, which is meant to lower the amount of blue light being emitted from my phone. And there's a lot of conflicting research as to whether these things really actually work. I personally have found blue light blocking glasses for myself and my patients really, really helpful for people who are looking at screens in the evening. They help to filter out the blue lights from the screen so it has less impact on your hormone melatonin. So that may be something that you want to give a go if you can't turn those devices off. Now, a couple of times this week, I've mentioned something called circadian rhythms, which loosely translates from Latin as around the day. All organisms on earth have evolved around the sun, which sets out our days and humans are no exception. Our gut function, muscle strength and our hormones all have a circadian rhythm. And to help reinforce our natural circadian rhythms, we need to listen to our bodies when it's dark. But we also need to tune our bodies into natural light, especially in the morning. One of the tips that I've been giving my patients for years is to have your morning cup of tea or coffee outside if you can. If you're lucky enough to have a garden, a backyard or a bit of patio space, can you go outside with that cup of tea or coffee and just stand there in the garden? Even in the winter months when it's colder, can you do it whilst wearing a fleece or a coat? It really can make a difference. So why is this so important? Well, light is measured in units called lux, right? So a completely dark room has zero units of lux. If you go outside on a sunny day for about 20 minutes or so, you're being exposed to 30,000 lux. Even if you go outside on a cloudy overcast day, you're still probably getting around 10,000 lux. Most indoor environments, even brightly lit offices, are probably only giving you five to 700 lux. So let's think about that. We've evolved to have this huge difference between zero lux at night and at least 10,000 lux outside. 
Whereas these days, because we're spending so much time indoors, we're not getting that differential. So even if you can go outside in the morning for a cup of tea or coffee or for a morning walk for 15 or 20 minutes, even on a cloudy day, you are helping to set your body's natural circadian rhythm, which will actually help you sleep better at night. Last year, I spoke to Linda Geddes on my long-form podcast, Feel Better, Live More. Now, Linda is an author, and she's an award-winning science journalist. She decided to find out for herself how light impacts our sleep and what would happen if she got rid of artificial light completely. She worked with sleep researchers at the University of Surrey, and together, they designed a program to go cold turkey on artificial lights after dark and for her to maximize exposure to natural light during the day. So in the evenings, she only had candlelight, no bulbs, no screens, nothing. And, you know, by increasing the amount of natural light in the day and by decreasing it in the evenings, she made discoveries that have revolutionized her attitude to light. She was significantly sleepier in the evenings and her body started to secrete the darkness hormone melatonin around 1.5 to 2 hours earlier in the evening. And that's a pattern we have seen in other studies as well. And it's actually really simple, isn't it? Getting more light in the day and less light in the evenings. But unfortunately for most of us, our modern lives are working against this. We often get too little light in the day and too much in the evening. So that's something to think about. Is there any way that you can start to change that in your life? Whether it's a morning cup of coffee or tea in your garden, if you're lucky enough to have one, it could be a 20 minute walk each morning or even at lunchtime, if you can, even on a cloudy day, it's going to make a difference. And what steps can you make to reduce your exposure to artificial lights every evening? That's it for today. Tomorrow, I'm going to be looking at liquid stress and its impact on our sleep. I'm referring, of course, to caffeine and alcohol. I'll see you then. <laughs>